When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's your glassford come right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate you listening to all of our great shows and if you can please give us that one two three four five star review on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, LakersBall.com. You can find so many great resources for everything Lakers at LakersBall.com. In fact, give Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947, a big shout-out while you're there. Plus, also as well, Game Source, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the great folks at Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation there. They've got a ton of great articles. Laker Tom is on the road today, but I'm hoping to get Jamie Sweet with his five things articles in on here as well, coming up here in a bit. But catch a lot of great things there at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network at hoopheadspod.com. You can go ahead and catch all the great shows. Ton of great NBA programming right there for you. And if you catch all of that, and so you know, I guess I also want to say. Thank you so much for your patience while I've been on vacation. We've thrown a couple shows. We actually did a show while I was on vacation with the signing of Darman Ham as coach. So I want to thank you, especially give a shout out to the folks on YouTube as well, because we're now over 200 subscribers. We're now over 5,000 hours watched. We are doing well on YouTube. And if you could support all of that, like, share, subscribe, follow, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers still making news, even though right now for Lakers fans, we're quite concerned because it is very concerning with the NBA Finals with the Boston Celtics as of this recording, having a two to one series lead. Will they go ahead and pull it out? Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not uh, liking what I'm seeing so far. I kind of hinted my thoughts on the NBA Finals. I, I said with my heart, I was hoping that they would lose but in my head i was thinking that man they have a great defense that's going to be hard to stop so i'm hoping that golden state and stephen curry with his injury will come back strong in game four and maybe see what they can do to pull it out but in lakers land they had a 
initiation, so to speak, of a new coach in Darvin Ham, who was named last week, but he officially met the media this week with some great conversations that he had with the media. And who, lo and behold, this was taking place at the Lakers facility. And lo and behold, who should show up at this introductory press conference? The last introductory press conference for the coach was also very notable for altogether different reasons because we know how subdued, we know how distracted, we know how disorganized that press conference went for Frank Vogel. And, you know, we saw what happened there. But with this one, Lo and behold, Russell Westbrook shows up to the Lakers facility to catch a glimpse of what's going on with Darvin Ham. And Darvin Ham commented on a possible future and a possible scenario for Russell Westbrook and him becoming still a factor for the team going forward in the next season, which I know left a lot of fans, like certain ones I know that have been on this show, quite disheartened. But we'll see what happens there. It is widely speculated, and I know that Woj has also talked about at at uh, at length about him accepting the final year, which everybody knows he's going to accept the final year and say, yes, I want to go ahead and get that $47 million on his final year of his contract. You know he's going to opt in for that, so I think that's pretty much a done deal. But right now, I think the focus in is on can we find a happy medium for Russell Westbrook and can Darvin Ham find a a good note for him to play off of when it concerns the Lakers and their team going forward, at least until they find out what they want to do with him long-term, whether it's trade him, save him for the de- trade deadline, something of that major, or you know what, go ahead and all the way, just go ahead and you know play him out for the rest of the season and, you know, get that $47 million off the books for the team. But here today to speculate on what was said in regards to Darvin Ham's comments on the team and Russell Westbrook are two great guests indeed. First up is the man behind much of what goes on at LakersBall.com. It is Ox1947. It is Joe Soro. Joe, great to see you again, my friend. Aloha. I returned from the islands. A little bit tanner, a little bit more burnt. But all nonetheless happy. I'm just so thankful for the islands again for actually allowing me to go there. So thank you so much. But getting back to the states and getting back to the news with the Lakers fast break. What do you want? What are you wanting man in Hawaii? Is that what's going no, on? no, no? I'm not. It's not like I'm. Well, you have you a know, barrel there, of coconuts or something. Like no, there is someone who burdened his bridge, and you know, and I know in pop culture who that was, as far as in in Hawaii, that's burned his bridge in Hawaii. But that's yeah, that's another story altogether. But my friend, it is uh, time to talk about the Lakers introductory press conference for Darvin Ham. First off, before we get into Russell Westbrook. How did it go for you on what was said and what was, uh, you know, asked, talked about, and what the new coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, Darvin Ham, really wanted to emphasize in this first initial press conference? Darvin Ham seemed very sincere. I believed him. I believed everything he said. I thought his delivery was good. I think the guy next to him continues to pull out hyperbole every five seconds, which drives me nuts. But luckily, he didn't talk long enough to to be an irritant. Uh, Darvin Ham kind of evened it out or even exceeded it to a point where uh, 
there's confidence in him being having enough energy and having the thick skin to deal with what's coming. However, uh, this is a young person's league. This is a talent heavy league league. You can coach all you want. You can motivate all you want. The NBA is extremely heavy on talent. You have to be talented to win. And the return of Russell Westbrook is only a a small part of our worry. There's two other things that need to happen. One, you need to equip his team with some youth that can play a full season. You also have to make sure that Anthony Davis, especially, is playing at least 75 games this year at an MVP level. If he's not playing at an MVP level, that means LeBron James at 37 is going to have to shoulder the load, and it is no matter no matter what you think of him or his skill set, it's too much. It's too much. It, he can do it, but it's still too much. LeBron James should be playing the uh, the Kareem role the last three years of his career. And that's just the reality of that so that he can stay fresh when it really, really matters as we get deeper into the playoffs, should we make it? It's, it's a it, – none of these things – can go wrong. You could trade Russell Westbrook and then not get the right pieces to put around AD and LeBron, and then you're going to maybe make the playoffs, but you won't go too far. You can get rid of Westbrook, get some youth in there, but AD might not play all season, or LeBron might not play all season, and you're toast. There's too many factors in there. And then, of course, Darvin Ham might not be the a good coach. We don't know. There's going to need there you're going to need a lot of luck. You're going to need a lot of focus. Uh and unfortunately if 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 Russell Westbrook is still on the team opening night, I don't see any positiveness regardless of the other two working out. He is a malcontent. He is a typical person, not athlete, not anything, just accountability is a massive hole in our society in general and he's a culprit of it and we saw that last year because I'm not going to sit here and say Vogel didn't use him the right way which I've been hearing a lot of reading in through the and this is probably why I don't post on Twitter or post on Instagram I do post on Facebook but that's because I'm you know it's more private and within people that are on my list Uh, I don't post regularly on those or at least on my wall because it's a waste of time it's it's just it's just crap all you read on Sports shows and on, on and social media are garbage. You, you start to rationalize in your head what's going on. And I'm sorry, but I watch the games, people. I know what's going on. And now you're not like, talking about Westbrook the person. You're talking about Westbrook. Absolutely not. No, Westbrook the person is great. Just like James Harden. I used to I, I harp on James Harden all the time. And I'm sure outside the court, I'm sure James is a very nice guy. And I'm sure I'd probably get along with him. I'm talking strictly sports. I'm talking strictly on that court. He is a malcontent. And I I always try to uh, equate, you know, 
my feelings on what's on the court, not outside the court. You know, just like my friends, you know, I, I run a business, right? And I wouldn't put my best friend, there's some of my best friends I wouldn't put in charge of my pencil holder. It's not an insult. It's just the way it is. So it's the same. It's the same thing, guys. I might be mean to you there, but I'm, you guys are my friends outside that. So it's the same situation here, guys. I malcontent Russell Westbrook is 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 towards the sport. Okay, I'm not gonna go outside and see Russell Westbrook at the Dairy Queen and then harp on him like an idiot. Like an idiot. Okay, right. I'm gonna leave him alone. Okay, I've seen. Magic. I've seen Shaquille. I've seen Kobe Bryant in a setting like that. I don't go all ga ga ga. I don't do that stuff. I don't. Well, I there's don't, actually I don't. a good Dairy Queen that sits right there, there on Waikiki Beach. It's actually really cool. Well, Dairy Queen is just not gonna be bad anywhere you go. they gotta compete against Lappards. That's well, the one thing. The treat the sweets industry in Honolulu. They make a ton of money. Lappards ice cream, Dairy Queen. All the other ice cream places out there, they all have lines. It's just unbelievable the amount of sugar that you know everybody eats there. Well, it's probably why they they they, they had a <laughs> – what I couldn't figure out, figure out was when we got to Hawaii last September, it was pretty dead. It was still fun. We had fun there, but it was pretty dead. Like, it was lifeless. It wasn't as lively as it was when I was there in oh, 08. No, there, there was no doubt. There was a lot of fun right now. It was, yeah, there was a lot of fun. Uh, in, in but, uh, yeah, it might be just bad diet that allowed everybody to get – COVID, I, I felt like, why is every why is it so bad over here? It's an island. You got the air circulating regularly. I I, I couldn't figure it out. But um, again, I, I, there's a separation, people, and I and I think this is important that, that you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Gerald. This is strictly basketball. Okay, this has nothing to do with Russell Westbrook's family, his name, his legacy, whatever. Okay, this is strictly. Probably a little bit of anger on my part because my ego's been hurt because I believed he would be a good piece. And the reason why I believed it was the first 18 years of LeBron's career, he was able to play with anybody. So why would I have assumed he wouldn't be able to play with Russell Westbrook? This is the ultimate team guy. So for me, I'm looking back on last year saying, and I watched those defensive, and I noticed Darvin Ham was pushing the defensive thing with, with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, Lost us at least five games. I'm just saying at least. It might have been more. Physically, where I saw terrible separation, terrible uh, closing out on defense, team defense. End of, it didn't matter what it was. Terrible. At end of games, that costs us games. And that is a focus. That is a want. And that is usually a selfish thing that happens there when you're not focused how are you telling me that a year later he's going to decide to start playing right because darvin ham is the coach hmm i don't think so guys i'm sorry to be pessimistic but i'm, I'm not gonna be optimistic as long as i'm not gonna you're not gonna fool me again that's the key in life and my my philosophy in life is if i am wrong you damn well better believe i'm not gonna be wrong a second time in the same subject I'm going to be very sure the second time. And it's going to be a rarity if I'm wrong that Russell Westbrook all of a sudden turns into 2017 Russell Westbrook in this next year. It's just not its not realistic to me to believe that all of a sudden Russell Westbrook's going to stop being Russell Westbrook because of a rookie coach, you know? 
And it, it, after a bad loss, it, you see, that's the thing here. We're all happy now. We're all zero and zero. And, hey, we're going to go to buy a second-round draft pick and see if we can get another Taylor Horton Tucker or a, or, or a Reeves in free agency. And let's build this team and let's have all this positiveness. You know, I was watching uh, Access uh, Sportsnet, and everybody there is always playing that, all right, guys, let's be positive and let's do this and let's do that. And that's probably great for that show. That's what they need to do. It's part of the, you know, team. But that's what's be- beautiful about having a, a podcast like this that's more independent because I can actually tell you the truth because I'm sure those guys are – I'm sure if you sat James Worthy, you know, had a few drinks with him at a restaurant, if anybody's going to say this, it's going to be James. The guys, it's big game James, man. No one came through more than this guy. He's going to know. He's going to know. He's been to everything. And a little bit of his real thoughts on things came out about, what was it, three, four weeks ago? When he said uh, all these guys do is play video games and, you know, I, I'm sure it was other things, uh, but you, you get my point. And I go, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. And it becomes this oh, old man saying the young guys stink thing situation. Well, there's some, there's some truth to that, but I'm a pretty modern guy. I'm not, I'm not going to sit around and harp on modern technology and modern ways of doing things, but when it comes to sports, I mean, look at what the Celtics are doing, guys. I'm as as much as it's hurting me to know that there's a possibility they're going to get another ring. This is how you play. You play like animals. You play like studs. You play like men. This is 2022. This is Jalen Brown, Tatum. Look at Tatum. Tatum didn't even have good ga- scoring games, but he's doing other things. That's what men do. Men adapt. Men do things another way, just like Kobe did in Game 7 in 2010. He couldn't score for a lick. 15 rebounds. Still had the high score of the game, but he was doing other things. That's what you do when you're a man. You don't turn into, oh, I'm just going to shoot a bunch of threes now until we hopefully make them and come back from a 12-point deficit, which is what the Golden State Warriors are. And then they're also paying attention. And I'm not trying to go into another thing here, but are these guys even paying attention to, to the game? Because I feel like every time I hear anything about Steve Kerr or these guys, they're either talking about stuff that happened off the court or they're always talking about how, oh, these guys did something that was not fair. Guys, you have Draymond Green on your team, okay? He's a jackass. He's the ultimate jackass. And whenever you criticize someone else for being a jackass, it makes you look like a jackass, Okay. And then I got to listen to Cedric Maxwell, that buffoon. I thought that guy was gone. That's the only thing that sucks about this whole thing is the fact that I have to see his face. Okay. No one ever mentions how he became nothing after the 84 finals. You know, they bet the Celtics benched him. He, he wasn't even a thought process in 85 and 87. Right. So my thing is I, we're, we're in trouble guys. And until we're not in trouble, I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be positive about this. I was positive last year, and I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm jilted from it. You have to get rid of Russell Westbrook. I don't care what Darvin Ham says about him teaching him how to play defense in his 14th season. Come on, really? You know, I know he's got to say that for the camera, but that's our problem. That's our problem in society. We have to constantly BS so that everybody feels good. It's probably why I would never be able to coach. It's probably why I'm probably going to be on podcasts. I'll never be on ESPN or whatever any of those major channels, because they'll throw me out after a while. It's just that the people don't like to hear the truth. The truth is 
you have to in the next step. I like Darvin Ham. I think it's a good you you hired the right guy to to bring in that's young, that's got some, you know, cojones and might have that next level current, you know, modern coaching thing. But you're not going to be able to execute it with Russell Westbrook on your team. You have to get get that guy out. And if if he's there opening night, I'm I'm just not going to I'm sorry, I'm not going to I'm not going to be feeling good at all. But you can at least go ahead and take care of my pencil holder right here. I just want to let you know. But please be careful. My daughter made it. Pretty pretty good <laughs> comeback there. <laughs> I try. I try. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Oh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair, and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But also here today to talk about what's going on with the Lakers and Mr. Darvin Ham's latest comments in his initial press conference. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and catch his five things, articles on Lakerholics.com, plus also his constant trolling of Laker Tom. And big shout out to Laker Tom, by the way, as well. What are you know you, you know you live you know you live to troll laker top you know I, you just do. because somebody says something you know that i don't agree with in any way shape or form and i feel the urge to explain why there are you know holes in the logic i mean you know talk about somebody who's going to be feeling the opposite of of how joe feels on opening day regardless of who's on the team tom's going to be sunshine and bunny rabbits man like you know, we could have a, a, a you know, a zombie as our say, backup, you know, point guard. And he'd be like, well, that zombie might, you know, he's a he always zombie. has on those purple and gold shaded yeah. glasses and more power to him. He's missing. No, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm more of a realist. I, I look at you and I both the empirical evidence of things. I look at, you know, the tendencies that people have shown prior to becoming a Laker or prior to doing whatever it is they've done before. And I don't think that they're going to be all that much different just because they've switched teams or like Joe saying, there's a new coach saying, well, now you should really play defense. So I, I thought Joe made a lot of good salient points about um, how. By the way, everyone, this is Jamie Sweet. Jamie Sweet, I hope oh, you're doing well, my friend. Go yeah, already good. into it. So much pent up. I know between you and Joe, the soapbox, you guys needed to get back on the soapbox. I understand our Angels have lost 14 in a row. They look oh, God, awful. Don't. They're playing Nickelback. They're doing a lot of things that are outside of the, you know, the box, trying to get everything and then going to just win a game. They've already fired their manager. You know, things are just looking terrible, as you and I had you know, surmise that they weren't really going to be that good this year. But there are, Ezra Miller jokes aside, like I was talking about earlier, you know, in regards to Hawaii, it is great to be back with you guys. I want to go ahead and say that with Darvin Ham, I, I do like his positivity. I understand there's a line of stuff that he has to feed out there to media. So oh, the yeah. Lakers fans in general can be positive about it. But when it comes to Russell Westbrook and it comes to what he is saying about Russell Westbrook, I, I understand 
to me, that sounds like more of an organizational thing than a Darwin hand thing. That sounds like to me that the organization has plans to try and do what they can to keep him in the loop, you know, if that's the case. But Jamie, when you unmute, please let me know your thoughts on this. I mean, uh, is this something that that I, I, maybe that I'm ascertaining wrong? But I think this, you know, when he speaks like that, it sounds like it's coming more from the organization as far as what they want to do with him long term. I agree with that. You know, I always, I always thought one of one of my pet peeves with Frank is that I always felt like he trotted out the company line, and right away I was annoyed with Darvin Ham because it just really sounded like he was trotting out the company line. Uh, but in his own way, which I thought was a little bit more, um, yeah, I, I just think he's a Frank Vogel was 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 just so very boring, um, and this is. For for good or ill, this is this is a Hollywood town. You want somebody who's been shot in the face. You want somebody who's you know who's got a story to tell. And Frank's story was a little too Americana, and that it was like I worked hard, I got a job, I won a championship. Oh wait, now you don't like me anymore. Like uh, he never had a chance here. I feel like, and I don't think he he would have lasted even if much longer. You know, I don't think he was going to be the Laker coach for the future. I think he was a. You know, he was the fourth pick at the time. <laughs> Three other coaches before him turned us down. Uh, so I thought, you know, from that angle, the Lakers did a better job of at least either keeping their search realistic and or, you know, keeping the leaks inside about, oh, this is, you know, this uh, that, so that nobody had a chance to say, like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not interested in that job. The only person who I thought didn't have any interest in becoming the Lakers' next section coach was Quinn Snyder, and so I was glad to see that a we got our hire out of the way before Quinn stepped down, and I almost wonder if he was just waiting for that so he wouldn't have to deal with it in his life, um, which I would not be surprised at because uh, there'll be a job for Quinn somewhere. Um, but you know, I, I, the coach was like third or fourth on the totem pole of blame for me last season. I, I didn't think he helped matters much. I don't think Frank, you know, did himself any favors with some of his rotations some of the choices he made, some of the substitution patterns he kind of fell into. Um, you know, there certainly was no reason in my mind to have ever played uh, DeAndre Jordan one single minute uh, in the regular season. Um, but, you know, those are all things that happen, and uh, there's no going back. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how, you know, Rob did the first step of his job, which was to hire a coach, and he was able to do that. And then now – He's got to do the harder job, which is put together a roster with very few tools at his disposal. And I mean, zero. <laughs> He's got zero tools. He's got a capped roster uh, with five players on it, six players on it, I think. Uh, he's got the, the mini MLE at $6.4 to offer that he can split up between, you know, however many players he can split that chunk of change into. And then he's got... Uh, Veteran minimum contacts to contracts he can dole out, and that's it. Those are the tools Rob has. So, uh, I mean, from a practical standpoint, I can understand why everybody's saying on the Lakers side. I can understand why they're saying all the things they're saying about Russ because you don't want to show up, you know, at the prom asking everybody to be your date. You know, you, you show up the, if you're going to the prom by yourself and nobody wants to go with you. You show up cool. You play it cool. You dance cool. You go home, and that's it. You know, you don't worry about it. It's not, it's not important, but what is important is, is the, 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 the outward appearance uh, 
can't be one of my God, we're in the, we're in a dumpster fire and we, we need, we need your help to get out because that's just a recipe for a bad trade. That's a recipe for two first rounders and for John wall and, and Russ that, which is, I think a disaster. I, I, I think the Lakers have to try their best to trade Russell Westbrook. I don't think they should accept any trade at all whatsoever. I have not, I can't. And I certainly don't think, I forget who proposed this. Some maybe it was a uh, uh, that Buha guy uh, on the uh, at the Athleticers. Somebody was Yo like, oh, well, they, should, "They should set, they should pay him and send him home. Tell him he's not going to play." I'm like, "That's that's the opposite of what Ben Simmons did, and that was stupid. Uh, that would be the height of folly because that's forty seven million dollars in assets that you are simply choosing not to use. Uh, and there's no way Genie uh, the penny the the, the the, the, the cheap uh, the cheapness in the front office would never allow such a thing to happen anyway but I just the, the, the thought of it is insulting to me I'm like no if, if we're paying this dude 47 million dollars he better show up at the gym he better try uh, you know there is there is a world where people learn lessons or discover things and you know who knows I don't know none of us know what happened in the locker room None of us know how things went out, went down between Vogel and, and Russ. Uh, we, we know Russ wasn't happy about things. And Frank, you know, when he, in his last press conference as a Laker was, you know, Frank. He was just very quiet and polite and left quietly and politely. So, uh, I mean, I don't have a lot of hope right now, mainly because I don't see the Lakers as having a lot of tools to improve the team. Obviously, the best tool is the size of Westbrook's deal in theory, but, I mean – problem with the modern NBA is that all the teams except for like three <laughs> are basically planning on competing to at least get into the play-in or the playoffs next season. So you're not really in, in that tanking environment where you would maybe think about shipping out some mid-grade, maybe even a decent player because you know that this team just isn't quite enough to get into the top eight teams in your conference. Now you're not so worried about that. You just need to be a top 10 team. And so, and also how they tweak the draft lottery odds. You can't just lose your way into a first round draft pick anymore. The first, you know, the top, a top five pick anymore. So I don't see the size of Russ's deal as being so wonderful. It's so big and it represents either another equally high salaried player who's usually going to be pretty good uh, and will not be on the trading block, or it's representative of longer term broken down bad deals for other teams that are going to extend this misery out past the end of next season. Um, so I made peace with the idea of both of Russ, not only being on the team, but playing exactly as he did last season, starting, um, you know, finishing games for the most part, um, not getting benched, not coming off the bench, not being sent home with pay, uh, not being waived and stretched and not traded for a bad deal. Um, I, you know, think there are worse things the Lakers could do than ride it out for a season. And, you know, people can say what they want to say about, well, you're going to waste a year of LeBron James's career. You know, that's going to happen again the year after if you make a bad deal now. If you wait, if you make a bad deal now, now you're dealing with two years of bad players. You're dealing with two years of bad fits. You're dealing with who knows, you know, who knows what anything, what realistic deals have even been, you know, debated that the Lakers think they can make. So 
I don't have a, a high degree of hope that we'll move Westbrook this summer. I know, you know, Laker Tom has 8,000 different trade proposals that he's posted over on the site and the math works for all of them. But there's when I flip it to the other side for the, the team who we're going to make the deal with, the only reason they're going to make a deal for Russ is to dump bad deals on us or bad players or both. They're not going to give up young prospects. They're not going to give up first round draft picks. The only thing that could, and this is actually, I, I wrote an article about this. There's two things other than accepting that Russ will be on the team uh, and working it out somehow. There are two things I feel like that could happen that would be enough to alter the landscape of the NBA enough that a whole on another roster could open up to absorb Russ's deal in to make something work. And that would be if Damian Lillard demands a trade, if the Jazz decide they want to trade Gobert and or Spider Mitchell asks for a trade because now he doesn't like the direction of the team. Those two things, and because there's only one year left on Russ's deal, I, I, you know, I could see the Lakers taking a flyer on a Gobert trade um, if if only to plug the center position uh, for the next four years with somebody who can at least play defense um, and well. And that kind of allows you to move everybody back to their natural position, AD at the four, or LeBron at the three, you know, Reeves. <laughs> Reeves, and I guess, slot into that starting two-guard spot. <laughs> and uh, we would just have to hope for the best that Kendrick Nunn can uh, make it onto the court at some point. So, uh, I hear they're trying to go ahead and uh, maybe hint that he might – actually be playing more at the point or at least he's trying to work on more of these point guard, yeah point guard skills is, i mean is that's awesome. great i don't know that I, I i think you need listen i, I, I this is this is I, i'm always and like i i thought this when we got russ but i like joe i kind of tricked myself into thinking a because of lebron and ad's how they kind of carried a bunch of broken down nobodies it seemed like uh to the nba finals not nobody sandy green wasn't a nobody but like you know the, the roster was not like, you know, loaded like the, the Celtics roster is or the Golden State Warriors roster is. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of tricked myself into thinking like, well, with LeBron and AD and they had a dinner, they talked it out, you know, like it's going to be fine. And well, obviously it wasn't. So, you know, uh, I, I feel like, you know, we heard a real carbon copy of the Russ press conference from last season. What was that? You know, sacrifice and defense and, you know, we're going to push the tempo when we can and, you know, try to get downhill. And it's like, well, that's, that's wonderful. It's wonderful to hear that uh, in June when your team was out of it in March, <laughs> February, but they're going to have to, you know, like, like Joe kind of finished his, they're going to have to show me that they can play together before I'm going to come into any contest with a positive outlook. The Lakers have a lot to prove and it won't end with just signing the players. I, you know, it's going to start in training camp. Laker training camp last season was abysmal and it carried over into the regular season. A lot of people like to diss training camp, say that it's worthless. I do not feel that way. Uh, I I feel like that's where you build your good habits. Uh, That's where you kind of see, what works on a, on a very basic level uh, and what doesn't. And I thought that everything that didn't work in training camp never worked all season long. Um, and it mainly because we were old, we were the, we were the AARP team of the league last season, you know, we we're the oldest team in the league and it showed against, especially young teams like the Grizzlies and, and, and the Raptors who basically just made it a point to run us off the floor. And so I don't, I don't know 
what the Lakers could do this season. Um, and it very well may include a lot of Russ. Uh, I think his best shot at getting traded is at the deadline. Um, that's when teams will know whether or not, you know, they're really going to be competing for a championship you know, or what injuries have done or, you know, things will have a different look at the trade deadline than they do this summer. In the summer, everybody thinks they got a shot, you know, maybe not Houston, maybe not Orlando, but other than that, pretty much everybody else, you know, OKC, sure, but everybody else is coming into the season thinking like, we're not in this to, to there's no maybe about this. We're in this to win. And that's, a, that's how they should come out of the summer. Everybody should come out of the summer like that. That's what you do. You reload and come back, come back to work. But uh, I do want to know, I do have a question. Uh, I do want to know what your pencil holder makes Joe, because uh, I think that that could be a great second career for him. <laughs> I love what that quote. <laughs> Would my friend. <laughs> we're, we're going back to your pencil holder. Pencil Joe. holder. <laughs> he wants to know how much you, you that you know, does it come with benefits? You, is there a yeah, pension? Exactly. How much? What's, what's, how much does a person? You know, what's the salary that you're going to? Yeah, what's go the ahead? salary for the pencil holder? Yes. <clears throat> the pencil holder holder. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to be the quite what, specific. Well, again, I I'm not a. I know. I know. I I'm. As I've gotten older, I've become less tolerant of stupidity. And stupidity is subjective. I'm sure if I'm hanging around someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson, you'll probably think I'm dumb. Uh, but in terms of execution and anything in life, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, uh, I've, I've noticed that excuses are, are abundant. And this is grown adults. I'm, I'm, I thought that was a, ch- a child thing. I thought it was children that did that. And I noticed a lot of excuses from LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook wasn't a surprise. He's an excuse machine. And when you have guys that are your leaders that are making excuses for their, and, and again, the numbers, if you want to go analytical on it, I've said this before, those guys played more games this year. So you can't use that excuse than they did last year. They were still ranked number one on defense, and they were one AD injury away from probably winning it all. So don't insult my intelligence, whether it's watching the games or whether conducting business. I already, When I ask you a question, I already know the answer. I'm not asking you the question to know. It's my job, especially if I'm a leader or I'm an owner or president of something, I should know every facet of the business. If I'm watching the Lakers every game as a fan, yeah, I don't know what's going on in the locker room, but who gives a crap what's going on in the locker room? I know what's going on in the court where it matters. See, that's where it matters. Press conferences, feel-good talks, hyperbole, good media skills, all that crap doesn't mean I'm a billionaire now. It doesn't mean jack crap. I'm, I'm a fan. You guys are telling me you want me to watch the game, okay, and you want me to pay attention to the game. You don't want me bothering you outside the court. You want to have your own time with your family, your own personal time. Cool. I'm going to give you that. But here's what I'm going to do when it in- involves the court is I'm going to tell you what I think, what I've seen, okay? And I'm not unreasonable. Two years ago, we we bottomed out because our guy got hurt. I wasn't mad. It was like, damn, if he had only been healthy, 
and then we were ready to go on. It happens. But when you're a player of Russell Westbrook's caliber and you're not closing in, you're not closing out, you're not covering Reggie Jackson on a last shot the correct way, you're not you're you're a professional basketball player. You're a 75 top 75 player. You can't you got the other guys over there. All you got to do is close this close the gap. Why aren't you doing that? Those little things win you titles. That's what the Celtics are doing. While the Golden State Warriors are just throwing threes up because that's all they know. And when you look at the history of the Golden State Warriors, let's be real about this, guys. I know if ands or buts don't mean anything, but when you start talking about is Stefan, is Stefan, whatever they want to call him, I keep hearing different names for him. Steph, I just call him Steph at this point. When you start talking about he's a multiple MVP, are you going to put him in the LeBron category, which is absolutely asinine. I can't believe they even asked that question. Guys, Steph Curry is one injured Cleveland team in 15 from never winning a title if Durant doesn't arrive. Let's be real here, guys. This is the Golden State Warriors have really never really dominated without Durant ruining the NBA for about three years. He did. He ruined it, guys. You had four freaking all stars in their prime. Four. Of course, they're going to win. In their prime, usually we saw four, like us, guys that are kind of over their, you know, limit. This was the, in their prime. If Durant doesn't go to Golden State, Golden State is probably that the Dallas Mavericks. They won one in 15, and that was it. They're not winning in 17. They're not winning in 18. I don't know what happens in 19, but to me, I just, we, we, we are so fixated on this greatest thing, greatest that, this, this, and that, when in fact, when I like when I when I see how the Celtics are playing, I mean that's 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 what that's the language I understand. Toughness, defense, making timely shots, mental toughness. That's how do we play Lakers, in the bubble. Do the Lakers have that? Do they have the toughness? Now they traded away a couple guys that were mentally tough. Guys like Contavious Caldwell Pope. Guys like Caruso. You know, a lot of times, just two guys. I mean, you only have 12 guys that really play in a game, so you're taking away one-sixth of your, 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 like, you know, roughnecks, right? And then, of course, you have AD when he's focused, baddest man on the planet, right? LeBron is LeBron. He's a bulldog. You know, he's a freight train with control. And you have the role players who understand what they are needed for, guys like McGee, guys like, Kuzma. Kuzma was a frustration. Kuzma was maybe didn't live up to what he should have been. But then again, at the end of the day, he was a late first round pick. Did he really not live up to it? At least he played defense. At least he was young. Yeah, he wasn't making open shots, but he was still doing other things to make up for what we wished he would do better. Now, what did we have? We had Ariza. We had uh, the Duke. We had all these guys that were all senior citizens in, in NBA terms. And then on top of that, you had your two main guys gone, and then you had a malcontent on the court. It was a recipe for disaster. And then you have Frank Vogel, who's the company guy, who's always going to tell you the right things, which will give you a headache after a while. And 
here we are. We're, we're, we're contemplating and deciding on whether uh, Darvin Ham is going to change everything around. And I think that's unfair for him. This is not a Darvin Ham problem. This is a roster problem now. You got the coach that can apparently possibly become a really good coach, but we don't know that yet. We haven't seen anything yet for it, for, for us to assess that. But if you don't give Darvin Ham the tools to make this team a title team, it's it's not going to end well. And that's the thing. When it comes to Darvin Ham, I know some people out there say, oh, we should have waited for Quinn Snyder and let that thing play out. You know what? It's like you said. If you don't have the pieces for the team in place for a coach to go ahead and the platform to succeed, it doesn't matter who's the coach. It doesn't matter what institution you try to go ahead and apply to your team, what type of offense, what type of defense. If you don't have the variables in place that are assembled by the front office, and and we all know what the problems with the front office have been in the recent past, and and I don't want to go ahead at nauseum and talk about it again because those are for upcoming episodes. Hopefully, the decisions will be better so we don't have to remind ourselves about it in future episodes. So hopefully the decisions here in the next couple months will be a lot better for the team going forward. But you're right. The the hill is very steep at this point, and it's very steep, and you're going to have to be doing a lot of uphill climbing. But you know what? We'll, we'll go ahead and keep our minds open and keep our thoughts out there. But right now we're – going to probably say at this time is a lot of work ahead of us as Lakers fans to go ahead and support our team because the team itself has a lot of work yet to be done, but hopefully Darvin Ham is the right guy for it. And I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm wishing him all the best. We'll see what happens, but we want to hear your thoughts out there on Darvin Ham, his hiring and what comments he made in his initial press conference in regards to the team, Russell Westbrook and so much more. So if you have any comments on that, please go ahead and comment below on Facebook, of course, on YouTube, I cannot believe the amount of support we've gotten on YouTube. Joe and I, we just, just truly cannot thank you enough. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. We've got a video that has doubled since I last looked at it. It's now our most popular video all time of Joe and I and and Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet talking about the Lakers blame game. That has grown to be our number one video on YouTube, so we cannot thank you enough for doing that. Again, please go ahead and support and like us when you can and also subscribe as well. But before we head on out, my friend, the NBA Finals is around and LeBron wants a team in Vegas. That's something that he recently talked about. He just achieved the level, according to Forbes, of being a billionaire, the first active NBA player to become a billionaire. Michael Jordan is also a billionaire. Of course, he owns the Charlotte Hornets. He's the primary and general uh, managing partner for that team. But he didn't become a billionaire until after his playing days were done. So, Joe, I want to talk to you about 
LeBron's recent comments first before we go ahead, go ahead and talk about the NBA Finals. I want to ask you real quick if you can talk real quick about thoughts on LeBron's comments on the fact that he would love to see a team in Vegas and he would love to be the main guy as part of it. He'll never own it as a majority. It's too expensive. Uh, he's might be worth one billion, but he 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 wouldn't he wouldn't have enough money to buy buy a Vegas team. It's just not. It, Jordan was able to buy the the Bobcats at a time where it was it was realistic. You know, I think he bought them for a little over a quarter bill. I think it was two seventy five somewhere around. Yeah, so it was pretty cheap relatively. Yeah. and and of course. It's not just say, hey, you can go ahead and come into the league. First off, Adam Silver says as of now, there's no expansion, but he does foresee it at some point. It's a pretty much I think I think the CBA has to be done first before they go ahead and and get that new influx of money with a with a couple of new expansion teams. There is a fee that you actually have to go ahead and pay in order to go ahead and be an expansion team, which you and I know is quite a chunk of change. So of course, it won't be LeBron's full money in there. He will be a part of it, some type of investment group. That's usually the case. But I think it's something that's going to be a positive for us here in the Vegas community. We, I know that there was a lot of talk about it, and that's a lot of positivity right there for you. But, you know, again, I think, it, you know, something that he or is already planning out his stages of his life and his career beyond what he can do in his playing days. Uh, uh... <laughs> I don't care what he does after he leaves the Lakers. No, um, but I, I, I think it's him just trying to. Go yeah, ahead. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm not gonna say this. It's not just LeBron. It's anybody. I, look, very few people impress me in my life. I, I just that's just kind of how my brain works. Just I don't. I'm not impressed by anything. <laughs> not, not a lot of things, I should say. Uh, I think I was impressed with Kobe's uh, mentality, his Mamba mentality. I've been impressed by Michael Jordan's will to win and Magic's beautiful, you know, team game concept. Like I, I, I admire things of, that people do, but ultimately, when it comes down to their own personal things and what they want to do, you know, I, I, I don't care. I, I just don't. I don't care what LeBron. I don't care that LeBron wants to get a team in Vegas. Uh, all in all, <laughs> uh, as far as the NBA expansion, I am excited about it because I think if you do get a team in Seattle and in Vegas you are going to be able to shift some things to where um, you might be able to make things relevant again. Uh, divisions, uh, the expansion, the problem with the expansion, though, in the NBA is you're going to water down the league even more where there's very few uh, impactful talent already. And the only way you're going to be able to enhance that is you're going to have to figure out a way to have players that are coming from college that are a little more seasoned like they used to be, meaning – when, when guys like Hakeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing, Ralph Sampson, Larry Bird, uh, when those guys were coming into the NBA, the reason why there was immediate success is because they were seasoned for three to four years in, 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 in college. And a lot of them played with amazing coaches and legendary coaches. So their team concept and their adaptability to uh, kind of – a more mature, being more mature at, let's say, 22 versus 18 or 19, it, it makes an impact. So I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're going to figure that out. They ha- they're, they're, they're having issues with – and I, I, I loved – I don't know if you guys saw this, but Richard Jefferson is slowly becoming a, a, a favorite of mine on TV 
for the little amount of time that I do watch. Now, when I say I watch, I don't really watch the TV parts. What will happen is sometimes when I go on YouTube, I'll see a clip. And today I saw Richard Jefferson essentially clown the NBA for being a bunch of pansies. Thank you. Being that he's on ESPN saying it, which is their flagship channel. These are pansies, guys. These, they're, 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 they're babies. You're talking about first class masseuse. He was saying it down, down the line. They got, they got massage people. They got nutritionists. They got first class. They got their own planes. They got this. And they're still whining and still crying and still being a bunch of you-know-whats. And now they want to lower the, the, the games? Okay, guys, if you want to go next level, right? And the reason why they're not lowering the games is because the owners don't want to lose the money. Okay, then do this. You guys want to do the expansion. Let's get Seattle and Vegas in there and then move, I think it was Memphis. I think it was going to move Memphis to the east because they're the eastest. Memphis and New got. Orleans will both have to go to. It would have to be east because if you're going to put New or- uh, Seattle and LA and Las Vegas in the west, you can only move one team at that point. It would be Memphis because they're the east. The East is out of all those teams. So now you're going to have 32 teams in a watered-down league already that is lacking really that it only has really 15, maybe 15. It's probably not even that, maybe 10 guys that can change the landscape of an actual franchise. And that's kind of still being a lot. It's really only like three or four. Yeah, five. Right, five, right? So – what what's going to happen to a watered down league with a bunch of crybabies who now want less games? They have a week off during the All Star break. That's not enough anymore. They're not really doing as many back to backs. Okay, how about we do this? How about we make the divisions matter again by making it more regional during the regular season? What that means is if you're going to have 32 teams, then you're going to need four divisions per conference. So then you're go- my advice. If these crybabies can't handle the, the 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 travel and the games, then start start making those divisions the majority of the games through the year. Create a rivalry. Make the divisions matter. Make only one trip to the East, so you don't have to do it twice. And then let's see if they still cry about it, which they probably will. I mean, I don't think it's that difficult. You guys are getting paid twenty. 30, what's the average yearly salary on the NBA? $4 million? You, you whiners are making at least on the average $4 million. And you're still crying, playing six months out of the year. And if you're actually making the playoffs, you're, making, you're playing another couple months. What, what's, what's with all this crying? I, I, I looked at the game log of the 1992 New York Knicks. I was having a discussion about the Knicks in the 90s, and I, I, I remember everyone talking about the 93 team, the 94 team, the 99 team. I said, guys, their best team was the 92 team that took the Bulls to seven. Granted, they had no business taking the Bulls to seven, but that's that's my point is they they that was their best team. They could have, if they had just probably put it together and got a little luck on their side, they could have beaten the Bulls in game seven. They didn't, but I looked at the game log on their top seven players that year, every guy played 82 games except for two guys, and they played 81. The Knicks, the Bulls, you know, the era that everybody keeps yapping about, oh, 
LeBron couldn't have played in that era. Uh, AD couldn't have played in that era. Okay, guys, these guys were playing like animals, and they were playing 82 games a year. Why? And they were getting paid less money. Why? Why? Explain to me. What's 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 the problem? Why why could they do it then when they were getting paid less, and it was more rigorous, and it wasn't as clean, and it, massages and 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 nutritionists and all this crap? What? Why? Why now? Why with all these benefits? Why can't you play more now? Well, I'll tell you what. There's uh, still a lot to talk about when it comes to what the future could be for the NBA. Right there for you. If you have any comments, please go ahead. Right there for you at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, Lakers Fast Break on YouTube, and Lakers Fast Break on Facebook, plus Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Jamie Sweet had to bail on out, but it's left for me and Joe to close out the show here in the last five minutes. I think I'll go ahead and round it off as an hour or close there to it. But before we head on out, Joe, it is the NBA Finals. Your prediction and my prediction that I wanted to make happen with Golden State winning, it does not look great. The turned foot for Steph Curry is of concern. He says he will play in game four, but he will be not at 100%. I know at this point, I don't think any of the players are going to be at 100%, but still, nonetheless, they need a Curry performance beyond what he's been giving them. It's still 30, 35 points right now at each game, and he's still not able to give them enough to go ahead and put them in the lead. I mean, the, the support he's getting is not there at, at all to the extent that it should be. Clay Thompson finally had a decent game. The first two games, he really was not in it seemingly because it just seemed like he was not really shooting that well. Of course, we've had Jordan Poole, who everybody was going – crazy about who I really liked as a player and still do he's been struggling at the wrong time Golden State has been making mistakes and errors and it showcased itself in game three the turnover situation did not go the way of Golden State in game three and unfortunately that's the ultimate outcome is that Boston now has a two-to-one league your thoughts on the NBA finals and where it goes from here my friend before we head on out we're going to find out game four. I believe game four winner is going to win it all. Uh, but I've been wrong on all this stuff. Uh, I don't have really any confidence in Golden State unless they give me a reason to. I don't. I just don't. I don't like the way they play basketball. I never have, actually. Uh, I think, again, they're more concerned about outside outside influences. It's, it's, it's just it's exhausting listening to Steve Kerr yapping about everything, especially when you have a a guy on your team that's just as bad as as bad as anybody, and and to me that the hypocrisy is always a, a thing that I'm that, that I spit my most venom on. Uh, I think people talk too much. I, I I think they just talk too much. Just focus on what you're supposed to do there. You're supposed to be this great team. You're a title away from truly being a dynasty. So you, if you beat this Celtics team, I'm going to give you some respect because this is a this is a real tough team. You have real men that you're playing against. Tatum, Brown, Smart, Horford, and then you got a real man as a coach. You got and you know the only thing the only negative thing with the Celtics is their 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 scumbag fan base. I mean the the fact I thought Clay's press conference was 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 a very important press he said something very important. You have a bunch of Yahoos who are yelling F bombs with kids in the in the crowd. This is this is this is what Boston does. They're a 
they're a pseudo bigoted still area with just no shame. And that's why we don't like them. They're just a lot of those people there are disgusting. They're a disgusting, disrespectful crowd. I think the only crowd that I've seen that's probably worse is the people in Philly, but not by much. Um, so yeah, they were distasteful, very distasteful comments. Like you yeah, said, you don't they, say, they, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm all for getting angry and calling, uh, the other player a bum or, Hey, get out of my stadium. Hey, you guys stink yelling F bombs with children around. That's never a good thing. I don't care where you are. You, 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 you're, you're, you don't do that. You know, we just, just don't do it. It's just, I've been to hundreds of games in my life. In a billion years, I would never do it. And I'm a pretty intense guy. And I realize my intensity is nowhere near some of the yahoos that you see. I mean, there was a guy that just was trying to fight somebody at the supermarket down the street. And somebody had a video of it. What are you doing? You're at a supermarket. What happened? Did he take your cart? Let it go. Let it go. It doesn't matter. Get mad at real things like people hurting children and people hurting people or saying F-bombs in front of kids. Things like that that matter. That's the part where you're like, hey, relax. So the end story here is my heart was predicting in five for the Warriors, but it was false. I was just, I, I just wanted it to end quick. The reality is Boston plays exactly how I like teams to play. If they weren't wearing those jerseys, I'd be cheering for them 100%. We are going to probably have to come to the realization that the Lakers within about a week are going to be having to, to, to take two more titles to pass them now. That's a pro- that's that's the problem here. But it is what it is. We're, we're going to have to deal with it. And this is a young team too, guys. And this is a team that's stuck with their guys. You know, they all those trades for Tatum and Smart and Jalen Brown – you know, they they stuck with their guys. They 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 went they went they got to this level. You got to respect that too. They didn't they didn't wilt like the Lakers w- wilted when it came to oh well we didn't get this we're going to trade the whole team for this guy and that guy. See sometimes we get caught up in that when we shouldn't. We should have just ran it back. We should have just ran it back last year. We'd have been better off. But we're we're too impulsive uh, as a society. We're too impulsive, especially as as a Laker organization. And that's what happens when you're a, when you don't have any leadership, when you don't have any uh, sack, you know, you don't have any principles to 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 what what matters. This is what happens, and uh, this is why we harp on this in society: is 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 go go with your guns, go with and, and continue to get better, and 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 have some loyalty, and ha- and and if you do that, you're you're gonna at the very least, at least you're gonna build a good uh, rapport, you're gonna build good things around you, get good habits instead of jumping ship all the time and, and blaming other people and other things for your problems. Even if it's true, guys, even if it's true, don't say it, be a leader, say it was our fault. I couldn't stay healthy, but not everybody has that leadership quality. Nope. But we'll definitely see what it goes on with the rest of the NBA finals. As it heads into the weekend, we'll see what happens there. Our fingers are crossed that gold state can manage to go ahead and pull it out. We'll see in game four and continuing, but we'll keep on reporting it for you right here at the Lakers fast break. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you watching and listening. Big shout out again to everyone that's watching on Facebook and of course our YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so. It is truly appreciated. If you do 
But we will be back next week with more episodes. I am hoping very soon I will get on my good friend, Mr. Rafael Barlow, the guy behind NBA Draft Junkies. And now the NBA Big Board. You want to go ahead and check out what he's doing in regards to the NBA Draft on the NBA Big Board. Plus, check out his NBA Big Board podcast right now as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. So please go ahead and check him out today. And hopefully I'll be able to get him on very, very soon. And, of course, Joe's going to be back. Jamie's going to be back. Laker Tom's going to be back. And hopefully everybody else will be back, too, because we will have more episodes on the way. I'm back from vacation. Aloha and mahalo for watching. We truly appreciate you doing so. And as always, we want to thank you for taking the time out of your day for catching us here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.